You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, and welcome to the Wrap-Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap and we talk about the latest Raptors game. You uh, are currently just watching if you're live. Um, normally, I say you just watch. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. The game hasn't just quite ended yet. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Oren Weisfeld. Um, it's about to end momentarily, yeah. but this is one of those nights, Oren. I mean, we're going to get it right into it. Of course, I don't have a final score for you. I will I will in just a moment. But, Oren, this is one of those nights where, I mean, the Raptors are coming off winning five of the last six. Um, you go into Washington. They have Washington tonight. It's a Thursday night. They have Washington on Saturday night again in Washington. And this is a team that's below them in the standings. Not by much. I don't know if it's a game, half a game, game and a half. But um, they were thoroughly beaten by a Washington Wizards team um, that probably should not have beat them considering all the circumstances heading into this game. The Raptors carrying all the momentum. Um, the final score, uh, I guess, just came up. We're looking at a 119 Wizards, 108 Raptors finish, Oren. That brings the Raptors record to 31 wins and 33 losses on the NBA seasons, two games under 500. Where do you stand with the Raptors, and what's the first thing that um, comes to mind for you after a game like this? I don't know. I kind of want to say it's like another just kind of no-show where nothing goes right for the Raptors, and, you know, it's one of those nights. But I kind of said that about the Cleveland game, so it's hard to have two out of the last three say that the team just got unlucky. Um but it wasn't even like I guess tonight it was just disorganization on both ends of the floor so yeah like I told you it's not a ton to talk about okay here we got the box we're up 119-108 um OG was really good for the Raptors I, I feel like we got to give him his cred because we don't or we haven't been very often recently but other than him and Jakob Pertle who didn't play in the first half and played like a good amount in the second half those two were the only really good spots for the Raptors Everyone else, especially on their bench, was uh, was really bad. Yeah. Um, and I think that was probably the low light of the game. Uh, that last thing you mentioned, the bench. Um, there was a moment, I think, in the second quarter where the Raptors just fell apart completely. Um, you could even say nearly near the end of the first quarter as well. When that bench started to come in, I mean, it all just went wrong. We can single out guys, which is probably what I'll try not to do. But, I mean, eventually we're going to have to. Um, there were some guys that just did not play any stretch of good basketball in this game. Um, I guess we'll just go through the good first, Oren. And then do you want to get into the bad? Does that sound okay with you? Yeah, sure. 
Okay, so I mean the positives. Yako Pertl is continuing his uh, pretty good run, uh, his short stint at being a Toronto Raptor. I guess his second second stint of his career. Um, he looked fantastic, um, which has been essentially the norm for Yako Pertl since he's rejoined this team uh, at the NBA trade deadline. Beyond that, I mean, you can nitpick with everybody. Um, of course, you see OG with 26 points on 9 of 16 shooting in this game. Played a ton of minutes. Shot the shot the ball well. Which, Oren, for me, I felt like has been something that we have kind of struggled to see from, from OG Ananobi, at least on a consistent basis this season. Um, those two played really well. There were some stretches where, I mean, OG had a killer turnover during that run um, in the fourth quarter, which kind of just evaporated any sort of momentum the Raptors held. Um, I'm not going to hold that against OG, considering he was one of possibly two players that, um, you know, looked like NBA-level players tonight. I mean, beyond that, if you look at Fred and you look at Scotty. You look at Pascal and you look at the bench. Um, nothing really looked like it was clicking tonight. And I think the worst part is, Oren, like I said, we can go player by player if we want, right? But I think the worst thing is, Oren, it's the lethargic nature that you see in this team. They're getting mm-hmm. beat to every single loose ball. They're getting beat to the rebounds. And it's, and it's like there's no urgency with this team. There's nothing that's really pushing the players to want to achieve more on a possession-by-possession possession basis. And it, and it hurts because I don't understand how the Wizards are up to anywhere from 10 to 15 points for what feels like three quarters of the game. And the Raptors just are getting pushed around. The Wizards are still, you know, outperforming them in the effort category, which I don't get. Right. It, 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 like I stood there just baffled. This is one of those games for me. And Orin, we don't have the luxury of really doing this um, because we come live almost every single game night. Um, we don't have the luxury of just turning off the TV. Right. We don't have the luxury of just walking away um, yeah. and going, you know what? <laughs> F these Raptors were done. Um, the, I mean, the Raptors should mm-hmm. tank. It is what it is. We, we can't do that. So we're here to the end. And um and it's unfortunate that you watch an effort like this from, from the beginning of the game to the end. Nobody cared, it, f- it felt like. Um, and we're getting that sentiment, Oren, as well, in the, in the, in the chat as well. Um, we're seeing a lot of people saying, like, you just can't play NBA basketball like this. Um, what are your overarching thoughts, I guess? Because I already mentioned the positive. What are your overarching thoughts on the negatives in this game? Yeah, to go off that, I think the most frustrating part is just, like, that they're so much more talented than they show in most of the games. Even the wins recently have been pretty, like last win was pretty, not a really impressive win. And yeah, they've been beating some bad teams, but they haven't really had any blowout wins. And again, it's just like, they don't really show the talent on this team. And maybe that's because the roster is a bit ill-fitting and these guys don't get the most out of each other. I think that's probably another conversation that we've talked about. But um, in a game like this, it's just like, you're more talented than the Wizards. There's, there's no doubt, right? So it's frustrating that you get blown out by a team with less talent. And it's just like, yeah, there's the energy stuff you mentioned in terms of not really showing that they care that much. That was definitely true tonight. 
but also just like brain dead mistakes where they go over or under a Kuzma screen or they oh, botch a switch and, and two guys go to the same person or there's just not an extra rotation too. Like I, I felt like that was happening a lot tonight where guys were just kind of giving up on the defensive play instead of making that extra rotation instead of getting back in transition defense. So yeah. it was a lot of brain dead stuff on, on top of um, the lack of effort that you talked about. Um, and then offensively, I feel like we have to talk about that too, because it's looked really bad recently. And mm-hmm. people were like, well, Fred will get back and he'll change it and he'll make the offense, you know, because this season that the offense has been good with Fred on the court. Um, but yeah, since he's been back the last couple of games, he can't shoot again, even though he had a kid, he was supposed to be able to shoot after this. Um, <laughs> and the ball's still not moving. It's sticking way too much. And like Siakam, I know people are blaming him tonight, but I just, I didn't feel like he had the ball that much, honestly. Like, I know he only had 13 points and six assists, but it's hard to even blame him when I didn't feel like he had a ton of the ball and it was, like, running through him. It was running through everybody on any given play. And it's, it's that lack of, like, a hierarchy that we've talked about where the yeah. offense, when it's not working, you just don't know who's going who's gonna to bail you out of it. Um, and that's the frustrating part, too. Yeah, and, th- and that's what I wanted to get at. I just felt like, to give the Wizards some credit, like, of course – from I mean you could call us you could you could say we have a biased perspective or whatever but I mean the first eight or nine guys on the Raptors compared to the first eight or nine on the Wizards there's a there's a bit of a talent discrepancy there I don't think it's massive right but mm-hmm. I think it's there um but you can't talk like that after a game like this only because the Wizards bench outperformed the Raptors by miles they have a first round pick Corey Kispert coming off the bench Denny Avdia coming off the bench that's two first-round picks for them. Um, they've got Jonathan Goodwin, who's been playing really well for them, who I'm not sure if a couple of years ago he wasn't even on an NBA team, right? Um, Monte Morris w- wasn't healthy, so, and that's one of their key bench contributors, right? But beyond all of that, the Raptors were getting beat with a unit that's supposed to be their strongest five, and I'm watching guys like Chris Stapps, Daniel Gafford, Right. And I might not be hip to Daniel Gafford just yet. Like maybe I need to watch more Wizards game games or maybe that's yeah. it. Like I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I feel like the last couple of years, the games that I've seen from Daniel Gafford, he's a damn good basketball player. Like he knows his strengths and he imposes his strengths on NBA teams. Right. Like he and he's a high effort guy, high motor. Right. And he he dominated the Raptors in the short stint that he played in a game like this. So. I don't know. I just felt like you watch this Wizards team and, you know, in relation to this Raptors team, and there's like a clarity there in, in what they're doing and in what um, there's the, the structure that the Wizards have created, right? With uh, Wes Unsell mm-hmm. Jr., their coach. I just feel like with the Raptors, we keep coming back to this after most losses with this hierarchy and this lack of clarity. It, it's just, it's so gut-wrenching to watch this team just um you know i thought it was gut-wrenching to watch them blow leads but it's even more gut-wrenching when they can't close an eight to 12 point game for for almost three quarters like i mentioned earlier um it's tough and when you watch the raptors get beat like this you start to think like i'm beyond the okay maybe the raptors are just bad 
I'm starting to think like maybe the Wizards are, are are pretty damn good. Like, I mean, if they're manhandling the Raptors like this, maybe they're that good. I don't know. Or am I losing it? Are the Wizards? I know. Yeah, I know. I did not take that away from this game personally okay. because I just think the <laughs> Wizards play good. a much more simple style, and they definitely yeah. like look solid in terms of they're not botching defensive mistakes. They're getting back in transition. To your point, they have a clear hierarchy. Beal and Porzingis, everything runs through those two, and the other guys are just role players and. So yeah, like in terms of just having a simple style and and playing your fundamentals, the Wizards do that better than the Raptors. But when the Raptors style is working and they're running around and covering for each other on defense and making those extra rotations and what and and the ball's moving and everyone's scoring, the Raptors I think ceiling is way higher because of that because they don't just play such a simple mm-hmm. style. But also on Gafford, like you're right. I feel like precious we didn't talk about precious but i, I just oh, we got to hit on him because a big part of scoring was when um Pirtle, this was also a bad game for nurse who, who who played crazy lineups in the first half like barely played Pirtle, played a lot of fad and precious at the five they weren't working but precious just hasn't been good recently and you see backup fives a lot take it like take advantage get to the rim on the pick and roll because precious just isn't playing that pick and roll defense very well and then lobs are there for a lot of these fives we've played recently so yeah I'm, i've been really disappointed in precious um because they need him and and people didn't even want the purtle trade because they were confident the precious could play the five and i was one of those people and like now i'm, I'm a little scared the purtle is going to take away from his development if we're really thinking long-term here, I think he's one of the most important Raptors long-term. So they, they got to get him going. There's no, there's no, like the playoff run and all that, that would be fun. But, but if precious isn't a part of it, that would be a major setback. I think long-term, even if the Raptors get to a first round series and, you know, if precious isn't playing big minutes in these really important games, then, that doesn't matter as much to me long term as as pre- getting precious going does. Um, with that being said, I got to run. Sahal's going to take us home. Appreciate it. Sorry, I have to go, but thanks no, for I tuning in. You. If you did, this was a tough. Do you want to, Oren? Do, do you before you leave? Do you want to tell everybody this, your setting really quick? Last few words where where you're at. Emotionally, you mean where I'm at? Or no, physically? I mean physically where you're at. This is oh, part of the reason why you have to go. I have friends waiting okay. to watch a movie for me downstairs. There we go. Gotta go. Bye. There we go. He's at the cottage. Take care, Orin. Um, Like Orin said, I'm going to bring it home. But it, it really is unfortunate because I had this same conversation with friends during the game um, about Precious Achua. And you try your best to kind of make light of, of, of a player that had a very rough first half of the season with the Raptors last year. Post-All-Star break, he was incredible. Uh, his percentages shot up. He looked more comfortable. Um, just looked like a totally different basketball player. And now I think with Precious Achua, we're at the point where um, we've seen a stretch of games where he's struggled. And it's difficult because, you know, prior to this Yaka Portal trade, he was kind of adjusting um, to being a starter. And <laughs> we got Samson in here as well. I don't know if he's still in here, but I'm just going through the live chat as we speak. But um, I think we have a you have a precious Achua who was starting. You bring Yaka Pertle in; he's the clear starting center. He deserves to be the starting center. 
And now you're, you're, you're precious is your clear, you know, backup five off the bench and he's not playing well. So I'm not sure if we're at the point where we start asking how many games will it take until Nick Nurse eventually goes, you know what, we got to pull the plug. I personally don't think that's an option because, I mean, I asked my friend quite literally during the game, what's the alternative to kind of removing Precious from the from the rotation, right? Or, or severely limiting him in the rotation. And the alternative... He said word for word is the alternative is that he is, is that he as a Nick Nurse just plays Jakob Portal 35 minutes a night and Precious is a three minute per quarter filler. So, I mean, it's tough. What, what Where do you guys have it? I mean, the Raptors are not the fourth seed. They're not the second seed. They don't have the leeway to kind of just figure things out right now. They're in a very sensitive position in the standings where um, I mean, you see it. If if you look through, if you look through the live chat, some people are already mentioning that T word that we that we used to see uh, right before the trade deadline. Um, and I mean, it's tough. It's it's uh, it's like I said, it's a very sensitive position to be in because you're coming into this game winning five of six. Again, like I said on Saturday night, just two nights from now, you're staying in the city. I mean. If you're the Raptors, you're staying in the nation ca- nation's capital. You're in D.C. You have two games, not necessarily back-to-back, but Thursday night and Saturday night are both in Washington. So you're playing the same team again. And, I mean, boy, oh, boy, would it be demoralizing if this Raptors team came out with the same energy on Saturday night as they did tonight. Um <laughs> I'm trying my best, guys, to read some of your uh, your comments and, and all the extrapolations you guys are taking out of the game. Um, I will have a point where I will answer questions. But at the same time, guys, I'm going to be totally honest with you. This won't be one of the longer uh, post-game live shows that we do at wrap-up. It's going to be tough because we just watched. And I'm not going to say it's the worst Raptors loss of the season because I feel like that is just – it's not. It's bad. It's probably bottom five. Um, again, if you consider all circumstances, but things have been worse. And the Raptors schedule is fairly light. I mean, I can I can pull up what I can from the Raptors schedule, but um, I do know on Saturday night they got the Wizards. And beyond that, you have, pulling it up now, you have the Wizards on Saturday night. You have, oh, things things do get, okay, all right. <laughs> things get very difficult. You have the Denver Nuggets on Monday night in Denver. You have the Clippers, Lakers, who are without LeBron and AD, so that shouldn't be too tough. Um, then you got the Nuggets again. You got the OKC Thunder, who are much better this season. The Timberwolves, the Bucks. Yeah, things do not get easier over the next week, two weeks for the Raptors. Um Man, oh, man. I guess this was their easy stretch. Uh, you had the, the Pistons. You beat them. You had the Cavs. You lost to them. The Bulls. I was at the Bulls game uh, a couple nights ago, Tuesday night. Great game. Scotty Barnes with some fantastic defensive uh, possessions there. 
Um, this was supposed to be, I guess, the easy stretch for the Raptors, and things get crazy. Um, Denver, I believe, is still holding the number one seed in the West. So that's not that's not great. But yeah, getting back to the game, I'm about to pull up the, the box score for you guys. I think when you look at the Raptors and you look at I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll down a little for for our live watchers so they can see. And I'm not a big guy who looks at you know plus minus a lot, and because I feel like when you use that singular statistic to judge players, it's very difficult. Plus minus is more of a, of a lineup statistic than anything. But I, but I mean, guys, I mean, are we seeing this? I mean, the fattiest young. I mean, he played four minutes, but he's a minus six in four minutes. Chris Boucher minus sixteen. Precious Achua minus fifteen. Will Barton minus 10 in seven minutes. Gary Trent Jr. in 18 minutes was a minus 26. Now, again, like I said, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big plus minus guy, but I mean <laughs> it, 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 I mean it speaks for itself. Something must have been going wrong with the bench here. Um that is, I mean, it's horrible. I mean, the eye test would have told you the bench played horribly in this game. Oren mentioned precious precious Achua who I think had maybe, in my opinion, his roughest game as a Raptor. I mean, things just look real bad. Will Barron, I don't I don't put too much blame on him. I feel like he's still in that adjustment phase. Gary Trent Jr., again, he's – it's tough for me to just go, well, Gary, you can't be a minus 26 in 18 minutes, but really you you, you can't, if we're being honest. You, you cannot be a minus 26 in 18 minutes, um, even when you're adjusting to a new bench role. Um, but, I mean, normally you get three or four starters playing well, and then you get the bench not giving you much. Well, I mean, you got two starters playing playing well. You had the other three starters play horribly, and then the bench just gave you nothing in this game. So um, that is uh, – all of that encapsulates to a 119-108 Wizards loss to a team that is now – I believe they're still below the Raptors in the standings. Uh, yeah, they are. Um, but man, man, oh man! Like I was, I was coming into this game, and I'm sure other Raptors fans were coming into this game with with a ton of confidence. Raptors had a ton of momentum coming in. I was thinking, you know what? At absolute worst, the Raptors are gonna split these two games with the Wizards. At the absolute worst, and who knows? They might. They may. Um, the optimist in me is telling you guys that, hey, they're going to come back on Saturday night and they're going to play absolutely fantastic. It's a 5 p.m. game, which is a little odd for a Saturday night. But, I mean, especially considering it's an East Coast team. But the optimist in me tells you, hey, the Raptors are going to come back and play really well. They may not blow the Wizards out, but people are going to forget about this loss. But we're here to dissect this loss, which sucks. So what are we? We're about 23 minutes in. I'm going to start going into the live comments and highlighting some of our great chats, um, questions, comments, concerns, and uh, outright outlandish takes. Um, why not start with one of the show's favorites, Guru Shishya, who says, Gary Trent Jr. has always been streaky AF. Of course, I can't say that, that full uh, acronym which I, I agree with. I mean, 
Um, there are like, it's very tough when I look at the live chat sometimes because I feel like there are conversations within conversations happening. Like I see people mentioning Joel Embiid. I mean, I haven't really caught up um, fully, but um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of takes about the future. I'm seeing hashtag tank for Wemby. I don't know if that's uh, if that's a take uh, that I'm willing to to jump on just yet. Matthew Combs or Coombs, excuse me if I said that wrong. Matthew says we will lose to the Wizards twice, then beat the Denver Nuggets and Los Angeles Clippers. Just watch. Okay, Matthew, I'm gonna write that down. Right, just. Uh, Give me a sec. Invisible ink on my table. And I will come back to that take uh, later this week. And, um, yeah, lose to the Wizards twice to beat the Nuggets and Clippers. I don't uh, – <laughs> watching this team play play the Wizards on a Thursday night, I don't know if – I mean, you play like this against the Denver Nuggets team, this is a 40-point loss. So I'm not – but, I mean, hey – Matthew's an optimist. I love it. I, I'm never going to knock optimism. I'll never do that. Um, Amit Kumar asks, is it better to fire Nick Nurse now or after the season is over? <laughs> you guys, you guys are, are really with the, the strong takes. Um, I mean, yeah, Nick Nurse is not getting fired midseason, number one. Let's just... I know there's a little bit of hyperbole and some some sarcasm in that comment, but um, for all the Nick Nurse um, hashtag fire Nick Nurse people, he's not he's not being fired. And honestly, I doubt even without the playoffs that he gets fired after this season. Um, but hey, I'm not I'm not absolving him of anything. I mean, he this is a horribly coached game for him, and and we've spent what the last three seasons on the wrap up telling you guys how how many games. I mean, there's been probably well over a hundred games where Nick nurse had a coaching masterclass, right. Or, or coached really well. Rotations looked on point. Right. And we mentioned that. So um, I'm never going to make it seem like we're, we absolve even coaches from criticism. I think it was it's, the rotations today were just man. Oh man. Player players as well, man. It was just an overall horrific performance. Um, again, excuse me if I say this wrong. Onichan Kenobi says, Sahal, is Jakob our third best player? I feel you could even argue second. I mean, if we're talking at this moment, it depends. Like, what are we talking? Are we talking the last couple weeks? Because if we are, he's our best player, right? Um, and I'm sorry. It's just the, the truth. If we're talking, like, long-term, what we're looking at for Jakob Portal. Top three, I'm not 100% sure. Probably wouldn't say that just yet. But, I mean, it, he looks like he fits. And he's playing extremely, extremely well. I mean, Nick Nurse plays, only sat him for three minutes in the second half. Considering how well he played in the first half, I don't understand why he wasn't in longer in the first half. But here we are. Um, he's definitely going to get re-signed. I think that's one of the – there's so much questions going into the offseason for the Raptors. Um, you know, nobody knows what the future holds for OG Ananobi. Um, will Fred Van Vliet be re-signed? You know, there's so many questions, right? Uh, how, is the bench going to get restructured, right? Who's coming, who's going? I think the one 
clear thing that's going to happen that no one can really argue with is that Jakob Pertl, at this point, it doesn't matter what the price tag is, he has to be brought back for this team. Um, so, yeah, I hope I answered your question, Oni-chan Kenobi. Um, Phoenix. Phoenix, one of my favorites. He says, is it an outlandish take to say Joel Embiid can't be the best player on a championship team because we have someone saying that. Okay, so so earlier I was asking, was there was there conversations happening within conversations? And there was, and I saw the Joel Embiid, and I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know if it was related to the Raptors or what, but now Phoenix gives me a little bit of clarification. Um, is, it a, is it an outlandish take to say Joel Embiid can't be the best player on a championship team? Can't be the best player. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty outlandish. I mean, it, I'd rank Joel Embiid probably top eight, top seven players in the league. And I mean, that says a lot. I know people are going to go, oh, top eight. I mean, if you really get to ranking, that's incredible, right? For for the amount of talent that's in this league, and um, I know he hasn't gotten there yet. I don't even know have the Sixers to an Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not even 100% sure. I don't really focus on that team quite a bit. But um, I do know I have a friend who, you know, made like a friendly bet with me that the 76ers would make the finals prior to this season beginning. But I think it's pretty outlandish. I mean, Joel Embiid has been the runner-up for the MVP the last two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah. I think with the way their team structured, maybe they don't get there. But I mean, if you have Embiid as your one and Harden as your two, that's almost as good as it's going to get in the NBA. Doesn't really get that much better than that. So, to answer your question, um, and it sucks because I mean, Jokic is just Jokic might win back to back to back MVP, and and I feel like when you look back at this era, 10, 15 years from now. That's gonna overshadow all the great things I feel like Embiid has done. Maybe not as a as a as a on a team level, but on a player level. What Embiid's been doing the last few seasons has been incredible. So um gotta give him his, his flowers where you can, I guess. Um Ahmed says they haven't made it. The Phil the Philadelphia 76ers haven't made it past the second round since 2001 with AI. Yeah, I mean it seems cursed. I mean, they got the Eagles who won a Super Bowl. What five years ago, and then made it this year. Did lose, but at least something's going right in Philly, right? Um, Tomo, yes, absolutely. Tomo says, "I want to see offensive role definition." Uh <laughs> you could, you know what, Tomo? You could have, you could have said this in November, and I would have been all on board with you, because this is a thing that's been just plaguing the Raptors the entire season. Um. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I don't – it's tough. Like like I said, there's been so many different things, external things that have been happening around the Raptors this season where it almost feels like some of the things the players are fighting for on a singular level, whether, whether it's a new contract or whatever it is or there's other things going on, you know, who knows, right? Personal things. We had Fred Van Vliet switch his agency midseason, which I guess I'm not blaming him for it, but, I mean, there's just been so many things going on with the Raptors. Um. Uh, yeah, it's tough. There's just it feels like the more than any season, this is the one season that the Raptors tr- truly are not playing for each other. And there's there's yeah, I mean there's no hierarchy, there's no clarification. 
I mean, it's clear to me Pascal Siakam is the best player on this roster, and he's been playing um, over the entire season like the best player on this roster. He's an all-star. But, I mean, what's OG's role, right? Scotty's role has looked pretty clear the last month, couple months, right? What's Fred's role? Um, it's tough. And now we're asking what's Precious Achua's role, who's supposed to be one of the the eight or nine guys that, that Nick Nurse is supposed to rely on heading into the stretch run uh, towards the the uh, NBA playoffs or play in, depending on how the Raptors play. But I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you where the offensive role, if that's even being sp spoken about with the Raptors as well. Um, I'm going to highlight a couple more, and then we're going to end it. I did not even expect, honestly, to go 30 minutes for a game like this. Um, but, I mean, I love the conversation. And as long as you guys are active, I'm here. Um, Guru, I'll go back to Guru. He says, Sahal, I think we know what this team is. What big changes do you see in the offseason? Um, well, for starters, I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I, I think OG is is gone in the offseason, and that's tough, especially considering that I know a lot of Raptors fans love him. I love him, right? I, I, I always tell people this story that uh, before I even joined Raptors Republic, um, I wrote a piece with um, another publication about how the Raptors – should draft OG. I think it was like three months before the 2017 NBA draft. Um, as a writer, we were all tasked with kind of picking players, uh, picking prospects that we think the Raptors should draft and why and this and that. And I mean, I picked OG. I wrote a whole piece on OG and he's been a great Raptor, but I think beyond all of that, this is the highest his value is going to be. And I think in any sport, um, in any professional league, you'll see it where when you know a player is at his highest value, and he's not necessarily – you don't view him as a true, true core player, which sucks because I feel like to this point OG has been a core player. Um, he's probably going to go. Um, and then especially all the little things you hear. Like I said, like all the external things. I mean, it may none of it may be true, but, I mean, you guys have all read the, the reports and all that stuff about OG. So um, the reports also were that he was he – was, there were offers for him at the deadline as well, right? It's just uh, – that wasn't there. I mean, that's one thing I can see, Guru, for sure. If you consider that a big change, I consider that a big change in the offseason. Beyond that, I could see the, the bench getting reshuffled a bit. Um, I think Precious is, is is obviously here. I think the Raptors view him as a, as a guy that's part of their core kind of bench unit, especially with Yaka Perto likely getting re-signed. Um, Chris Boucher, I'm, I mean, I'm okay with. But again, like guys like Thaddeus Young, I don't know, right? Uh, haven't really made a decision, I guess, on Gary Trent Jr., but the fact that he wasn't moved at the deadline, I mean, I would assume the Raptors are are, are looking to uh, bring him back. Um, yeah, I don't see I don't see a ton of changes. Yeah, Fred's, Fred's, of course, a free agent as well. That's probably the biggest question I have. Will Fred return? Um, and Fred has looked better in some senses uh, since the Raptors have acquired Jakob Pertl. Um His shooting, I think, is still very roller coaster-like, which is tough. But yeah, Fred is the big question, of course. And uh, I mean, we'll see. It's it's really tough. We're going to have a ton, ton of time to talk about that. I don't want to talk about too much offseason stuff, especially if the Raptors keep losing, right? We're going to have a ton of time to talk about 
what's going to happen in the offseason. Um, what else do we got? I think I'll do one more. And, man, we got a lot of vitriol for Nick Nurse in the, in the comments. Okay. Um. Sure. I mean, he did. Yeah, he was a coaching disaster class. So I don't really blame uh, you guys for feeling uh, a way about him. Um, I don't know if I see anything else that I really want to highlight. <laughs> Matt, I, I, that was a funny comment from Matt. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I guess I'll just go with the latest comment from Oni Chan Kenobi. He says, how do you feel about how Boucher has been playing in the last 10-ish games? Um, I think Boucher, I'm, I, like, I mean, I'm okay with Chris Boucher. There's no, there's no big kind of, uh, you know, disagreement I have with how he's playing or anything like that. Um, his role is his role. I mean, Chris Boucher rarely ever starts. He's known as kind of that spark plug off the bench and, was supposed to give you, you know, some rim running, some shooting, just a little bit of everything, some rim protection. Um, and I think considering his last, if, even if you want to take it back to the last two, three years or after, he's done that. Like there's no, he's done that. And he's done that at a, at a pretty consistent level, right? He earned, I think his, his latest contract he got. So um, in the last 10-ish games, I'm okay with it. I thought he had some good moments in the Bulls game. I mean, I was there, like I said, I was there live. I think I think he had some good moments, um, but again, it wasn't like a a huge rap. Like I, I watched the game live, and I just feel like the Raptors still could have done so much better. I found myself saying during that Bulls game, "How are they? How are they down at this point in the game?" But I mean, hey, um, Chris Boucher is not a guy I would highlight on on a negative level. I think it'd be more positive than anything. Even in the last ten games, if you're talking this season, I mean. There, there's a lot worse going on, I think, with the Raptors. There's a lot more. feels like the Raptors are, are damn near. I mean, I don't want to get too negative, but it feels like after day, after nights like this, it feels like they're just about rotten to the core. And um, I feel like every almost every Raptor has had a piece in that this season, which is very difficult to say. Uh, minus Yako Pertle, of course, who's been a Raptor for a, a handful of games, but he seems like the only guy who, who really gives a damn. Um, I'm going to end it there. And I appreciate all of you guys for staying with me to the end. I really do. Like when I say that, I, I genuinely mean it. Um, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, guys. Um, I ask you guys that every show, and I really hope that you do feel like this is some sort of therapy for you. So maybe the least you can do for the algorithm is like. Um, share it, I guess, if you can. Tonight, unfortunately, your Raptors were defeated by the Washington Wizards 119 to 108. That brings the record to 31 wins and 33 losses on the NBA season. It's two games below 500. Um, if you are listening to this on the Rapcast, please subscribe to our podcast channel. This live show was produced by myself and Oren Weisfeld, who was here earlier. We'll see you all on Saturday night against who else? The Washington Wizards. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I loved having each and every one of you here spend time with me. Um, and I'm sorry if this wasn't the best episode we could give you. I really do. Um, but hopefully we have a bounce back game coming back. 
Uh, we'll see you all next time on Wrap Up Live. Take care. Have a good one and enjoy your Thursday night or Friday.